God. Good to see you tonight, and uh, this is our healing service. The Lord uh, put it on my heart back in the summer, actually, once a month healing services. And uh, so it took us to the beginning of the year to get around to doing it. We had the Dave Ramsey classes scheduled throughout the November and into December, and then we took a couple of weeks break at, at Christmas, and then uh, we started up then here in January uh, with the healing school uh, the first three weeks of this month, and there's a reason we did that, and we're following uh, Jesus' pattern. Matthew chapter 4, the reason, we're, the reason we did uh, three weeks healing school and uh, before our healing service is we're following the pattern of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, doing what? Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Did you notice the teaching and the preaching came before the healing? Amen. So he went about, that, and that was his pattern. We find, we find similar, uh, similar statements made in other places in the gospel, particularly Matthew chapter 9 as well, but he went about teaching and preaching and healing. So the teaching and the preaching came before the healing. Why is that? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He went to his hometown of Nazareth. And the Bible says in Mark Mark chapter 6 that he couldn't do any mighty work there in his hometown. And he marveled at their unbelief. He laid his hands on a few sick people with minor ailments and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. And the next verse says that he went about, then he went about the cities and villages teaching. Well, what was he, why, why did he do that? Because he knew that teaching was the cure for unbelief. Amen. So that's why we spent three weeks uh, teaching before we have our healing service. And um, so we're following Jesus' pattern. We'll look at one more verse in this, and, uh, and that's Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to what? to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Notice on Jesus' side, the, the, uh, Jesus' responsibility, what Jesus did, the teaching and the preaching came before the healing. Notice on the people's side, the hearing came before the healing. Amen? So, uh, you know, in order, in order to receive healing, we've got to hear something first. Amen? Again, because hearing is going to produce faith. And all healing from God comes through faith. All divine healing comes through faith. Amen. So let's look at, now let's look at, uh, at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 verse 25. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So it, really, she's a hopeless, a hopeless situation, if you think about it. If you think about it, this woman's been sick for 12 years. She's not getting any better. She's getting worse. She's been to the best doctors. She's given them all of her money. She's, she's in a pretty hopeless situation, isn't she? But thank God, it, it wasn't too late for her to get healed. Amen? When she heard about Jesus, glory to God. When she did what? When she heard, when she heard, she heard something. Amen. 
When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? So, in other words, a lot of people were touching Jesus. But this woman touched him differently. This woman touched him in faith. And because she touched him in faith, the power of God, the healing power, flowed out of him and into her. And you know, he wasn't even aware that she was around until after, he had t- after she had touched him. Amen. So that tells me that she initiated her healing. Oh, well, the Lord will heal me if it's his will. Oh, Jesus didn't even know she was around. Well, he's the son of God. Didn't he know everything? Well, he limited himself when he took upon himself a, a body. And, uh, and so he only knew what the Holy Spirit showed him, and the Holy Spirit hadn't showed him that. She's, uh, she comes along and she touches his clothes, and, he, and all of a sudden he says, Whoo, he, he, he sensed that that power flowed out of him and into her. And, um, and so he said, they said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, down and, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, and he said to her, Daughter, my power and the sovereign will of God has made you well. <laughs> well, it was the power of God, certainly. But that wasn't the that's always that power of God was always turned on. Amen. What was the deciding factor for her was her faith. Daughter, your faith has made you well. If her faith could make her well, then I've got good news for you tonight. Your faith can make you well. Oh, praise God. God's no respecter of persons. If her faith could make her well, your faith can make you well. Thank God. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So two things here. Number one, the, the woman came, she, she came with an expectation, didn't she? After she heard about Jesus, she heard a report of what Jesus was doing, of how people were being healed, and even though she'd been in this condition for 12 years, she, she wasn't, it was a hopeless case, but yet that report about Jesus gave her hope and gave her faith, and she said, you know, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she, so, so she established an expectation. She came to Jesus with an expectation. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's so important. Uh, I, I, I pray that if you... Uh, came to receive healing tonight, that you came with an expectation, that you came expecting to receive from the Lord tonight. Amen? Praise God. So she came with an expectation, and then secondly, she established a point of contact. By her words, she established a point of contact. She said, if I I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She didn't say... You know, I think I'll try this. It might work for me. No, she was very certain, and she established a point of contact. If I can touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Amen. 
And guess what? She came and did that. Then she acted. She established that point of contact and then she acted on that and she came and she pressed through the crowd and she did exactly what she said. She touched his clothes and she got exactly what she expected. Amen. She received her healing. Jesus was conscious of that power going out of him. He said, when he looked around, he knew that power had gone out of him. We don't know if the woman was conscious of the power going into her, but we do know that after it did go into her, the Bible says she felt in her body that she was healed. But notice this, the feeling came after the saying and the believing and the acting. Amen. Saying, believing, and acting on the word always comes before feeling. Amen. The problem is where, where many people are defeated is we, put, we try to put feeling first. Well, yeah, they laid hands on me, all right, but I don't feel healed. Well, you don't, put, don't put feeling first. Put faith first. Amen. Remember, <laughs> Fred, I know you remember the old campus crusade for Christ, the Bill Bright's, the four spiritual laws. Remember the little, the little train and the, the, the little diagram in there? You know, that they had the, they had the three, three cars. They had, they had faith, fact, and then feeling. And, and, the, and you know, the, 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 the principle that they taught in the four spiritual laws is, is, is you put your faith in the fact of God's Word, that, that if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved, whether you feel saved or not. But if you'll do that, then the feelings will come along and line up. Yeah. And that's true with it, receiving anything from God, whether it's the new birth, whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's healing. Amen? The feeling comes after the saying, the believing, and the acting. Amen. I want to read you um, some excerpts. This is a great little, a great little book that I uh, uh, pulled out today. I just <laughs> sense that there'd be some good things in here uh, for us tonight. And I want to emphasize uh, some things in here that Brother Hagin said. This is a little book. Uh, that he wrote one of his first books called What Faith Is. And, um, and this is chapter 3 in What Faith Is. And uh, the title of this chapter is Faith Takes the Answer Now. Faith says, I want you to listen real carefully. Faith says, it's mine, I have it now. Hope says, I'll get it sometime. As long as you hope, the answer will never materialize. But the moment you start believing, it will work. That's the lesson I learned on the bed of sickness many years ago. I had lain on that bed for 16 long months. In fact, I'd been sick all my life. I never had run and played like other children. I did not have a normal childhood. At the age of 15, I became totally bedfast. Five doctors were called in on my case. One of them had practiced at the Mayo Clinic and was considered one of the best doctors in America. They agreed there was absolutely no hope for me. As far as medical science knew, no one in my condition had ever lived past age 16. Thank God for all the good books and tapes we have today on faith and healing. There wasn't too much written about the subject in those days, and what there was I, what there was, I didn't know about. When you're bedfast 24 hours a day, you can do a lot of praying. I prayed hours on end, day after day, week after week, month after month. I cried and prayed, Dear Lord Jesus, please heal me. 
I begged him to heal me. Several nights I prayed all night long. I was thoroughly saved, but my praying brought no results. I'd pray, and I'd be certain God had heard me because I had a spiritual feeling of some kind. I'd just feel that this was it. Then I'd feel my pulse. My heart wouldn't be beating right. My legs were still paralyzed. Lifeless bones with a little skin stretched over them. There was no meat, no muscles in the thighs or calves. I would start crying and say, Lord, I thought you were going to heal me. I felt like you did. I just knew it, but you did it. I couldn't understand it. For about a month, I wouldn't even look at the Bible. I decided I might as well give up. Then I'd go right down to death's door, right down to, into the throes of death. You could see where I'd worn all the varnish off the headboard of my bed as I held on to it, fighting death with every fiber of my being. Then I would come back to the Word of God. And although I couldn't see where I was missing it, I would try to act on God's Word. I would get some help and somehow get over the attacks. But still, I did not receive my healing. Finally, on the second Tuesday of August, 1934, after being on the bed of sickness for 16 months, I was praying at about 8.30 in the morning. And I said to the Lord, Now, dear Lord Jesus... When you were here on earth, you said in Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Dear Lord Jesus, I desire to be healed. You said when you pray, I have prayed. You said believe. Dear Lord Jesus, if you stood here by my bedside in the flesh like my mother does, and if I could see you with my physical eyes as I can see my mother, and if I could reach out with my physical hand and lay my hand on yours as I can my mother's hand, and if you were to say to me, Son, the trouble with you is you're not believing, I would have to reply to you, Dear Lord Jesus, you're lying about it. I do believe. And I said this in kindness and not with arrogance. When I said this, he spoke to me. I discovered the secret of faith that day. Now, Jesus did not speak to me literally, physically, as another human being might speak. He's not here in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit shall not speak of himself. Jesus said in John 16, 13, But whatsoever he, the Holy Spirit, shall hear, that shall he speak. The Holy Spirit heard Jesus say it, and he spoke it to my spirit. On the inside of me, these words were spoken. Yes, you believe all right. As far as you know. But the last clause of this verse of scripture is. Believe that you receive them. And you shall have them. Then I saw it. It was just as if someone had turned a light on inside me. I saw it instantly. I exclaimed dear Lord Jesus. I see it. I see it. I have to believe I receive my healing. I have to believe I receive healing from my heart. While my heart is still not beating right. I have to believe I receive healing from my paralysis, even though I'm still paralyzed from the natural standpoint. And if I believe that I receive it, then I have it. I'd never seen that before. I had wanted to receive my healing first and then believe it. But you don't have to believe it then because you'll know it. I saw what I'd been doing. I'd been hoping all those months to receive healing, and it didn't work. If you follow the Word and the Holy Spirit, you will do things automatically. Although there had been some times in my long illness when I couldn't use my hands too well, at this time I had fairly good use of them. It was my lower body that was paralyzed. 
after receiving this revelation of God's Word, I immediately lifted my hands. Nobody told me to. I can't explain why I did it. I just did it. Heavenly Father, dear Lord Jesus, thank God I'm healed, I prayed. I believe I'm healed. Now, I had it in the right tense. Now, I had it in the right tense. Now, I had it working for me. Now, faith is. If it's not now, it's not faith. Believing I was going to get my healing wouldn't be present tense. It wouldn't be faith. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, I said, for my healing. I believe that my heart is well. I believe that my paralysis is healed. I thank you for the healing of my body. I did not time it, and I realized that a few moments can seem like a long time, but I think I must have praised him along those lines for about 10 minutes. I spent those 10 minutes thanking him because my heart was well and my body was healed. Satan challenged me almost instantly, of course. He will contest every inch of ground you take. Immediately he said, you're a pretty looking thing. You claim to be a Christian and now you've started lying. Any other time he would have denied there's a hell or a lake of fire. But this time he said, don't you know the Bible says all liars shall have their part? In the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Yes, I know that devil, I answered. But I didn't lie. I knew it was the devil. Because anything that is doubt or discouragement is of the enemy. He replied, yes, you did. You said you were healed and you're not. Feel your heart. I was in the habit of feeling my heart to check it. And I unconsciously reached to feel it. When I did, I slapped my hand. And I said, don't you do it. Now, Mr. Devil, I didn't say I felt as if I were healed. If I said that, I would be lying. And I didn't say I look like I'm healed. If I said that, I would be lying. I didn't say anything about how I look or feel. I said, I believe that I'm healed. I believe I am. And I receive the answer to my prayer. If you say I don't believe it, then you're lying. Besides that, you're a liar anyhow. Jesus said you are. <coughs> Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when He was on the earth, said in Mark eleven twenty four, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Jesus said it, and what He said is so. I believe it. If I believe it, then I'll have it. I believe Him right now. If you want to argue and fuss about it, go argue with Jesus. I didn't say it. He said it. That put a stop to the devil. I went back to my business of thanking God and praising God for the answer. I think I'd been praising Him for about 10 minutes more when from within my heart, my spirit, these words were spoken. You believe that you were healed. But healed people, well people, haven't any business in bed. They need to be up. That's right, I answered. What's, what's the Holy Spirit uh, helping him to do? He's, he's prompting him, he's getting him to act. On his faith. That's right, I answered. Yes, Lord, that's right. I'm going to get up. Praise God. I'm going to get up. You see, I was believing, but faith is having. Believing is taking a step up, and you have to take all the steps. I didn't look any better, and I didn't feel any better. Physically, I had no feeling from my waist down. I was still partially paralyzed. I had about two-thirds use of the upper part of my body. I was propped up on big pillows so I could read the Bible. 
I pushed myself to a sitting position and pulled my knees up against my chest. Then I made an effort to twist my body and I pushed my feet off the bed. I got a hold of the bedpost at the bottom of the bed and pulled myself off the bed. My feet fell on the floor like chunks of wood. I knew they were down there, not because I could feel them, but because I could see they were there. My knees sagged. There I stood, hugging the bedpost, my knees almost touching the floor. The room started spinning. The devil was fighting me every inch of the way. Thoughts were coming into my mind as fast as machine gun bullets can fire. You can't walk and you know you can't. You're not healed and you know you're not. You're lying about it. You're going to fall right here on the floor and you'll just have to lie there. One of the best ways in the world to handle the devil is to completely ignore him. So I ignored him. I acted as if he hadn't said anything. Hanging onto that bedpost, <clears throat> the best I could, I lifted one hand a little and said, Thank God I'm healed. I want to declare in the presence of Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the angels in heaven, in the presence of the devil and the evil spirits, that the word of God is true. And I believe I am healed. I believe it. That old room was spinning. For I'd been lying flat for 16 months. I shut my eyes. In a few minutes, I could tell things had quit spinning. I opened my eyes. Everything was back in place. I said again, Thank God, according to the word, I'm healed. I believed it. Then I felt something. Like a warm glow dropping on my head from above me. It seemed to flow down over me as if a jar of warm honey had been poured over my head. It ran down my whole body. When it reached my waist, feeling began to return to the lower part of my body. For a few seconds, I felt excruciating pain. My legs felt like 10 million straight pins were prickling, pricking them. I would have cried if it hadn't felt so good. When you haven't had any feeling at all, it even feels good to hurt. Then I felt normal. The paralysis was gone. I said, I'm going to walk now. And I did. And I've been walking ever since. This is how I learned the principle of faith I'm teaching you. It works in receiving all of God's provisions. Praise God. So let's look at what Jesus did say. This is what he acted on Mark eleven, twenty-two. Mark eleven, twenty-two. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Or more literally, it says, Have the God kind of faith. He's really telling them what you have. Guys, you have the God kind of faith. You you can do this. You have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice he says, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do I believe that I receive them? When I pray. When do you believe that you receive? When you pray. When will you have them? After you believe that you receive them. Amen? Praise God. So, and that's what he talked about. He said, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. If it's healing, believe that you receive healing 
when you pray. Believe you receive your healing when you pray. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to join my faith with yours in a few moments here uh, through the laying on of hands and anointing with oil. At the moment, I lay my hands on you and anoint you with oil. Believe that you receive healing. Believe that you receive it. And Jesus says, you will have it. Amen? Praise God. Uh, we looked last week, we looked at some examples and pointed out some examples in the Gospels where Jesus uh, required the people that came to him for healing to exercise faith, right? Uh, the ten lepers, these ten lepers came to Jesus and, and asked Jesus to heal them. And, and Jesus said, go your way and show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were healed. Were they any better when they turned and started going? Now, again, you know, to go to, go to the priest, uh, they, they had to be well. They had to be well by the time they got there to present themselves because that was, a, if you read the book of Leviticus, you can see that someone's infected with leprosy. The, the, there's a ceremony, there's a process they go through to be declared clean, to be declared healed by the priest. And they'd go to the priest and present themselves, and he would examine them. And so Jesus was telling them, go, show yourself to the priest. They believed that. They believed his word, and they went. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. They acted. They weren't any better when they first started going. But somewhere along the way, as they were acting in faith, as they were going, all the leprosy disappeared. They were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Praise God. Their faith did that. Amen. <coughs> and then the nobleman came to Jesus. It says in John, uh, John 4, I believe it is, or 5, the nobleman came uh, beseeching Jesus to, to heal his son. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. He didn't have any physical evidence that his son was any better, but he turned. He didn't say, no, Jesus, give me a sign. Show me something. I need to feel something. None of that. He simply believed the word of Jesus, and he started home, and while he's on the way home, the servants met him and they said, your son lives, just like what Jesus had said. And they, they compared notes and they said, well, he started getting better yesterday at a certain hour. And the man said, yeah, that's exactly the time that Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. Amen. Praise God. So I want to, uh, I want to read you another, uh, another account in this book. And it's uh, about a woman that Brother Hagin ministered to. And I've heard him tell this story in person and and uh, heard, it, heard him relate it several different times. <clears throat> he says, I was preaching several years ago in Oklahoma, and a woman in her 70s who hadn't taken a single step in four years was brought to the service. The doctors had said she would never walk again. Her knees had simply worn out and wouldn't function to carry her weight. Having sat around with no exercise, she had grown quite large. When it came time for the healing line, they brought her forward and set her on the altar. I knelt in front of her and prayed. Then I said, now, sister, arise and walk in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to add this. It's not in the book. I remember from, from hearing Brother Hagin tell it in person. He said he had ministered to a lot of people, uh, you know, with the anointing, with the healing anointing. And, uh, but then he grew tired. He said, when you, when you get tired after you minister to a bunch of people, he said, that anointing lifts. And he said that anointing had lifted. And uh, so he knew that he couldn't minister to her with the anointing, but he also knew he could still help her with the word. Amen? Pay attention now. Don't miss this. All right? So 
He said, I said to the woman, Arise and walk. That dear soul did her best to arise. And all the time she was crying and praying, Oh, dear Lord Jesus, please heal me. Lord, I know you promised to heal me. You know what a burden I've been to my family. I can't do one thing for myself. Dear Lord, please heal me. Please heal my limbs. Please let me walk. Oh, please, please, please. Wait a minute, sister, I said. I have a word for you. I can help you. But instead of listening, she just got louder and louder. I said the second time, wait a minute, sister. I have a word for you. I can help you. She got louder still. The third time I said, wait a minute, sister, wait a minute. I have a word from God for you. I can help you. She had gotten almost hysterical. So I took hold of her shoulder, shook her firmly, and I said, I command you to shut up in the name of the Lord Jesus. She stopped and looked at me. Then I realized that the congregation had put the brakes on. The same thing happened to Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth. The Bible, say, the Bible says so. And he could there do no mighty work. It doesn't say he wouldn't. It says he couldn't. Save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. What we just referenced earlier. The original Greek reads he laid his hands on a few people with minor ailments. Why? Mark 6, 6 gives us the answer. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Before I could do anything to help that woman, I had to get the brakes of unbelief off. I had to go to work on the congregation first. I said, some thought I was being rude to this woman. And some spoke right out and said, yes, we surely did. I replied, now I want to ask you a question. If you were walking down the street and someone in a car stopped and asked for directions and then turned around and started back the way they'd come, wouldn't you try to stop them and get them, get them straightened out? <coughs> well, yes, the crowd agreed. All right, I said, this woman was on the wrong road. She wasn't on the road to healing. I've done nothing but flag her down. And now I have her attention. I continued, if you'll just take your feet off the brakes long enough, we'll get this woman healed. I sensed a release and went back to dealing with the sick woman. Sister, I said, did you know you are healed? She looked up at me wide-eyed and asked, oh, am I? I opened my Bible to 1 Peter 2.24, handed it to her, and asked her to read the verse aloud. She read, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You know it. Read that last clause again, please, I said. By whose stripes you were healed, she read. Now I want to ask you a question, I continued. Is were Present tense, future tense, or past tense? It's past tense, she replied. Then if you were healed by Jesus' stripes, you are now healed, aren't you? Yes, she said. I am. Now, will you do what I tell you? When she indicated she would, I said to her, just lift your hands and look right up to Jesus and begin to praise Him. Praise Him because you are healed. Present tense. Not going to be. You are. She looked up. And in a simple, childlike manner, she said, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm so glad I'm healed. She hadn't walked a step yet. She had no evidence of healing whatsoever. Yet she said, I'm so glad I'm healed. Dear Lord, you know how tired I got sitting around? Thank God my knees are well. My limbs are healed. I'm so thankful. Then I said to the congregation, Let's thank God with her because she is, not going to be, but is healed. Most of the crowd raised their hands and praised God with her because she was healed. 
Some probably said, she's not healed. She hasn't walked yet. She hasn't taken a step. Our text, however, says faith is the evidence of things not seen. If you're going to wait until you see something before you believe it, that isn't faith at all. Turning to her, I said, My sister, arise and walk in Jesus' name. Immediately the woman jumped off the altar like a 16-year-old girl and walked, leaped, and ran, praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I want to, I want to read you uh, another account. Uh, this is out of the health food. I hope, you're, I hope you're using this. This is wonderful. I've been... I'm into my third year, I think, of, of health food now, and it's helped me immeasurably to stay healthy. Amen. Uh, to be healthy and to stay healthy. Praise God. So I want to read you from a couple of recent ones. It's, and, and as you know, if you read it, then you know a lot of his stories are divided up over... It, it, it's, it's kind of frustrating. It leaves you hanging. You Okay, all right. All right. And it, sometimes I just read ahead. I thought, well, I won't have anything to read tomorrow, but that's all right. I'll read it again tomorrow. So... <laughs> So this is January the 17th, and, he had, and, in, and, in, and in health food, he just had related, uh, and if you're reading it, you know that he related this story that I just read to you. It's in health food as well, and he just had related the story about this woman that I just read to you. But then he says this, in 1971, I was preaching at the First Assembly of God Church in Pasadena, Texas. I'd known the pastor of that church, Reverend R.V. Kemp, and his wife for a number of years. His wife had been operated on twice for cancer at a well-known cancer hospital in Houston, Texas. When the cancer came back a third time, the doctor said it had spread to every gland in her body and gave her three months to live. Brother Kemp brought his wife to one of the services. When my wife and I saw her, we almost wept. She looked like the picture of death. She came forward and I laid hands on her. The power of God fell on her and she said, This is it. I know, according to the Word of God, I'm healed. Yet, she still had all the symptoms. She was still helpless. Her husband had to get her out of bed and dress her. He had to prepare her meals, then pick her up in his arms and sit her down in a chair at the table. Every time Brother Kemp and his wife would start to pray over their food, she would burst out laughing. She would say, I'm healed. The Word says I'm healed. On the 10th day, after I laid hands on her, every single symptom disappeared. Afterward, she said, I knew, according to the word of God, that I was healed when you laid hands on me. The power of God came on me, yet I had all the symptoms I ever had. But she held on to her confession. She said, I'm healed. Every time she would think about it, when they would pray over their food, she'd burst out laughing and say, I'm healed. The word says, I'm healed. Praise God. What is that that's taking it? By faith. Amen. That's believing that it's yours now. That's believing that you receive it now. Praise God. I want to read you one more out of here. And uh, then, we're, then we're going to pray and minister to folks. Praise God. <coughs> and I shared this uh, on Sunday. Uh, but this is more accurate. <laughs> because <laughs> I hadn't read this yet uh, to, to update me or to refresh my memory. Years ago, when I was traveling in the field ministry, some alarming symptoms developed in my body. They continued for three nights, interrupting my sleep. Some people can't tell the difference between when God talks to them 
and when the devil talks to them. The difference is that the devil talks doubt and unbelief. God won't cause you to doubt his word. So it was the devil who kept telling me, this is one time you're not going to get your healing. You won't get it this time. When he persisted, I started to laugh at him. I didn't feel like laughing, but I made myself do it. I laughed aloud because I knew if I laughed long enough, the devil would ask me what I was laughing about. Sure enough, in a little while, he asked, well, what are you laughing about? I'm laughing at you, I replied. Laughing at me? Yes, I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing at me about? I told him, you said I wasn't going to get my healing. But why would I want to get it when Jesus has already gotten it for me? I'm not planning to get healed, ever. Mr. Devil, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self, and he probably added this, he said, and let me, in case you can't read, let me read it to you. I love Brother Hagin, Norval Hayes, read the Bible to the devil. Just in case you can't read, Mr. Devil, let me read it to you. Who is, 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I was healed nearly 2,000 years ago by the stripes of Jesus, and that belongs to me. I'm not trying to get it. I have it. The symptoms stopped and never returned. I overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Praise God. Now, one more. Whoops. Was I supposed to bring another book? Oh, I was. I got to go get another book here. Uh, But I can get it. Um, Because I want to read one more story to you. One more account. James 5, uh, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's what we're going to do. We're going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick, the Lord will raise them up, and if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. So I need to, I need to grab this other book and read something to you. I can put my hands on it right here. Another, another wonderful testimony that will encourage your faith. All right. The believer must be willing to forgive himself just as the Father is willing to forgive him. Many people have robbed themselves of faith because they are not willing to forgive themselves. They hold themselves in a state of condemnation, and it robs them of their faith. Notice James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. In using these scriptures to teach divine healing, we sometimes fail to read that last phrase. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Once I was praying for a certain man, and I knew he was in sin. I knew he kept stumbling, repeating the same mistake over and over again. 
While praying about this, I said to the Lord, well now, I don't know about this fellow. After all, he's done the same thing over and over again. The Lord replied, do you think that I would ask you to do something that I wouldn't do? Peter said, Master, if my brother sins against me, how oft should I forgive him up to seven times? I answered, not up to seven, but seven times seventy. That is 490 times. Would I require you to do something I wouldn't do? I said, no, that would be unjust, and you're not unjust. Then he said, I'll forgive the man. You go ahead and pray with him. Sometimes we think that person's done wrong. He's going to reap the results of his wrongdoing. In fact, he's sick now because he's done wrong. Sometimes broken fellowship will cause sickness, but the Lord says if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Some people talk themselves right out of faith. They think they must lie on a bed of sickness because they have sinned. But God says the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. There is forgiveness in healing. Praise God. So stand up with me if you would for a moment and let's make this declaration. Again, this is out of, uh, back out of the health food. This is the January the 11th uh, devotional of health food. Just declare this. Praise God. I'm going to lead you phrase by phrase. Heavenly Father, I thank you today because you are my Father. Because I have been born again. I am your very own child. And you are my very own Father. Thank you, Father, for your great plan of redemption, which you planned and then sent the Lord Jesus Christ to consummate. Thank you, Father, that the plan of redemption not only provided for the remission of sins and the new birth, but provided for healing. For my physical body. For it is written in Matthew 8, 17. That himself, Jesus, took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. What he bore, I need not bear. Because he bore my infirmities. Because he bore my sicknesses. I'm healed. I'm free. I no longer have sickness. I no longer have disease. Jesus bore sickness and disease for me. It is also written in 1 Peter 2.24, By whose stripes ye were healed. If we were healed, I was healed. I am now healed. By his stripes. I'm healed now. I'm well now. I believe that in my heart. And because I believe that in my heart, I say it with my mouth. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, 